Hello everyone, this is episode 41 of Going Beyond Salvation, and I'm your host, Jess Robinson. And we are continuing on in, in the book of Exodus today. Um, so, last time that we ended, we ended at chapter 29, and we've been talking about the priest and the priesthood. And last time we talked about their garments and what it meant and, and what it meant to be a priest. And in chapter 29, the Lord gives Moses instructions for consecrating the priests and Aaron and his sons. And uh, just some of the, you know, they had to be consecrated because, you know, they had to be set set aside and apart. You know, they were also human and sinful as well they were still they still lived with sin and they had to be consecrated and set aside and so you see them washing with water and in in verse four and that was representing uh purity that was to characterize the priests and the bread that is talked about in verse two is is representing the body without sin so that is what that part is all about and you know continuing on and they talk about the bull and and that they lay their hands on this bull before they slaughter it and this symbolized identify identifying with the animal and it's probably perhaps a transfer of the people's sins to the animal and so this this bull became a substitute to sacrifice that died because of the people's sins and it points to the substitute sacrifice of Christ who became our sin offering he became sin so we you know so that we can find forgiveness and so they're talking about consecrating and it's a huge process um, that they had to do and he had to, they also even had to atone the, the sacred furniture as well. They had to consecrate it to make it separate. And, and so, and then in verse 42 in chapter 29, it says, For the generations to come, this burnt offering is to be made regularly at the entrance of the to the tent of meeting before the Lord. There I will meet you and speak with you. There also I will meet with the Israelites and the place will be consecrated by my glory. So the Lord speaks from the tent and that's something we've talked about in, in past podcasts is that his presence and his glory hangs over the tent. And then we go into verse 30 and it talks about making an altar of acacia wood for burning incense. And this is symbolizing the continual worship and prayers of, of God's people. Uh, the altar for burning incense, you know, could be desecrated, indicating that prayer was not offered to, to the glory of God or with hearts committed to holiness. And and that ends up being unacceptable to the Lord. And so... You know, it represents, you know, for today's believers, 
you know, we're always, we should always continually be offering worship and prayers to the Lord. And that itself can be desecrated when it's not offered to the glory of the Lord or, you know, if we're not committed to holiness. That is something that could be desecrated. And, and so you always hear, like, a lot of times the term that prayers is like incense before an altar, before his altar. And that's how our prayers are. It's always like continually before him at all times. And so I just want to say, like, if you haven't had an answer to prayer, it's not like it just goes up and then just dissipates before God. It's before him and it's not going to come back void. And so that's the like a promise that we have is that it's always continually before the Lord. And we also have to continually worship the Lord. We can't just save our worship for Sunday. We should be worshiping him every single day. So, and then they talk about once a year, Aaron was to go and make atonement on, on its horns and this annual atonement must be made with the blood of the atoning sin offering for the generations to come. It is most holy to the Lord. So once a year, he had to enter Aaron or whoever the high priest was had to enter into the Holy of Holies where the presence of the Lord was to make atonement for himself and for, for the children of Israel for their sins. Uh, An atonement, the Hebrew word means to cover. And, you know, it, it, the intensive form of, of this verb actually means to cover with a price. So the price of the blood of a sinless substitute. So that's where we get that. In the Old Testament, this substitution was accomplished through the sin offering, which was fulfilled ultimately in Christ's sacrifice. So we see that continually and then they we do see atonement money you know cover with a price because you know as we've talked before because they you know the the Israelites were pretty much redeemed by the Lord what ended up happening is they became his and so there was a price to be take, you know, there was a price for the firstborn and they had to pay this price to be redeemed. And so, or pay this price as the redemption price. So that's where that's coming from. And then there's, finally, there's the basin for washing. And, you know, that's where we get the the basin for, you know, he's talking about washing their hands and their feet. And it's, yeah, because they're, they're dealing with blood sacrifices. They need to be clean. But at, at the same time, it's also continually cleansing themselves and setting themselves apart in purity before the Lord. So that's why that wash basin was there. And I think every day, you know, we need to set ourselves aside in purity, whatever it may be, you know, before the Lord. And that's, you know, choosing to not choose bad language or 
what movies or whatever books we read or music we listen to. That's choosing to to set yourself apart to be holy before the Lord. And so we have to continually remind ourselves in our walk is how, you know, how always just asking the Lord, you know, to to check our hearts and to guide and direct us, to give us discernment when we shouldn't be watching something, when we shouldn't be saying something or doing something. That's something that we need to be doing continually. And so that's pretty much it for the book of Exodus today. We are going to move on into Psalms. So Psalm 22 is written by David. It's a Psalm of David. And many of you probably, when you see this, is it's going to have similar things going on in, in the gospel. And we're going to come upon this pretty soon. But David was more than just a king but and just a worshiper of the Lord. He was a prophet. And several of his psalms point to Jesus and they predict things and this is one of this one of those it you know it starts with my God my God why have you forsaken me why are you so far from saving me so far from the words of my groaning and Jesus uttered this cry on the cross when as a result of bearing our sins and diseases in his own body and taking our judgment. His heavenly father withdrew his holy and intimate presence. So Jesus was forsaken by God because he suffered in the sinner's place having become a curse for us. And by quoting this verse Jesus was also claiming the entire psalm as a description of himself. And so we're going to see that coming up in the gospels. Where he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then, you know, in verse 2, it says, oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night and am not silent. You know, the believer, you know, us believers like Jesus, we can relate in, in similar ways when we are going through trials and triple tri tribulations and difficulties you know, when things just don't seem to be going right, we may feel forsaken by God, you know. However, when this occurs, hold firmly to the revelation God's love and goodness towards you. You know, he hasn't forsaken you. You know, no matter what you're going through, God never forsakes you. He's with you. And you may not see that he's not working. You may not feel like he's working but he's actually working he never stops and so we always have to continually stand on this word and stand in faith in what it says who he is because it's still alive it's still active and and so is God and you know we have to continue to pray and trust him no matter what we're going through and so we see that in this in this psalm we can relate and and we're seeing continually in psalm 22 is david is having a vision of jesus from the cross and we see in verse 7 
when there's a reference to shaking their heads, we're going to see that in Matthew 27, verse 39, which states, Those who passed by hurled insults at him, which is Jesus, shaking their heads. And so the very gestures used by Jesus' enemies were predicted even in the Old Testament. And we're going to see that in a lot of prophets as well. You know, things that are pointing to Jesus. Like, there's just a lot in the Old Testament. There are so many prophecies in the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. You know, and, and they, you know, mathematicians have done, like, the statistics of who could fulfill that many predictions. And they really don't give a very high percentage. So, Jesus beat the odds. You know, when it came, he, by, you know, f fulfilling all, all of this. And in verse eight, you know, it, it says he trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. We see that with the Lord's enemies, with Jesus's enemies, what they're going to say to him as they witnessed his crucifixion. You know, because they tell them, tell them, you know, just save yourself. You know, if you trust in the Lord, save yourself. And then verses 11 through 17, there's no one to hope. You know, it this verse describes the Lord's feelings of helplessness while undergoing the brutality of the flogging and, and crucifixion that he that he went through. And you know, verse 16, pierce my hands and feet. Another prophetic reference to the crucifixion. Divide my garments among them. Verse 18. You know, the Roman soldiers did exactly as this verse first told. You know, it's it, it, every little detail. God does not miss any details. And he doesn't miss details in our lives. You know, we see in verse 22. Verse 22, it says, I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, it relates this verse to Jesus Christ. And it's marking the triumph of the cross. He is now the exalted redeemer who gathers around him his brothers. And what it means by brothers is the redeemed who believe in Jesus and accept his death for them. And Jesus stands among, or his brothers stands among them to praise the Lord. You know, we, we stand among them. And then his death results in help for the afflicted. It resulted in eternal life that we see in verse 26 here. The preaching of the gospel, verse 27, because it says all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. And it's talking about his rule over all the nations and ultimate exaltation and glory. And that is true. You know, every knee is going to bow down before him. And like we've always said to it, there is there's going to be knees that bow down even though they don't accept him as Lord and Savior. and But you don't want to be one of those that bows down because of that. Because then you you end up going into eternal punishment for the rest of your life, you know, for eternity. And 
And there's going to be a day, you know, as we've been talking about with end times that, you know, Jesus is going to come back and we're going to, you know, his church is going to be raptured. And at some point, Jesus and the church is going to come back and there's going to be this glorious reign, you know, all in in the end, you know, we know that the end is, you know, Jesus wins and he's going to be glorified and we're going to worship them forever. And so it's like, get on the boat. You know, I just keep saying, keep getting on the boat with Jesus and, and allowing him to take over your life. And so that's it for Psalms. And, you know, and uh, we're we're not going to go over Proverbs or Matthew tonight. We're going to let the rest of the chapter for, for Matthew go through. Because it's, it's dealing with parables for the end times that I would like to talk about in just one podcast. Instead of having them all broken apart. And so, for... Tomorrow's episode, it'll be, we'll read Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 through chapter 32, verse 30. That's going to be a wonderful reading because we see what the Israelites do after seeing all the wonders that God has done. This is, they end up doing something really dumb. And, but, you know, we all do the same thing. We've all done the same thing. We've done something really dumb after, you know, having such a great time with the Lord. It's all happened to us. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to read Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. It's the most well-known psalm out of the books of Psalms, but it's a wonderful psalm. And then Proverbs 4, verses 12 through 13. And then Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46. And so that's it for today. I'm just going to end with a prayer. Hope you guys are staying warm. If, you know, at the time of this recording, it was snowing here in, in Wyoming today. And it started getting very cold. And so um, thank you, Lord Jesus for all that you do for our lives lord we thank you god that lord as we look at all that happened in the old testament how everything just pointed to jesus and even all the prophecies about him as we see in psalm 22 lord how it just you never missed any detail and you know when fulfilling what christ was doing on the cross And so, Lord, you never miss any detail in our lives. And that, Lord, you care for us. You haven't forsaken us because we have Jesus. And I just pray that that we would just seek you out, Lord, and that our hearts would be turned towards you and continue worship and prayer, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would just strengthen us in our prayer life and, and guide and direct us in your will and your way today, Lord. And we just thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Mm -hmm.